Welcome back, listeners, to the Mercado Market Update. This is the last week without uh, Andrew Whitelaw at the helm, so um, if you're missing his uh, lovely Gaelic tones, uh, you'll have him back next week. Uh, I'll start off uh, this week with livestock markets, and um, we covered uh, the female slaughter ratio in, uh, in beef analysis this week, but looking at the American uh, situation rather than here in Australia, and uh, curiously, uh, the American herd is showing also in signs of uh, being in liquidation with their female slaughter ratio sitting at 50% for the year so far as an annual average. Uh, interestingly, the USDA are forecasting an increase to their herd of about 0.6%, so taking it up to around 95 million head by the end of the year. Uh, however, if we look at that female slaughter ratio, and, and it's pointing to them being in liquidation at the moment, uh, from the track record of um, of the relationship between female slaughter ratios and herd growth or herd decline over the last uh, 30 years or so, uh, a ratio of 50% for the US herd would indicate that they're actually on track for a uh, destocking phase at the moment. And, and for the herd, if it stayed at 50%, you're looking at the herd probably declining by about 2%. Uh, realistically, for the US herd to get an increase this year, uh, like what USDA uh, are expecting, we'd need to see that female slaughter ratio come down over the next few months and, and end up you know, around the 46.5% by the end of the year. So that's going to mean significant um, reduction in female slaughter over there in the US for the next uh, nine months or so. Uh, turning to the retail beef prices in Australia, uh, our analysis this week looked at some of that uh, history and, and the March quarter figures came out. Uh, with a record high for be retail beef prices, uh, moving up to $20.25 as the average price. Uh, interestingly, this if you go back to June of last year, um, the premium of retail to the wholesale uh, sale yard prices uh, was around 200% in June, and it's it's increased now currently to being around the 300% uh, kind of markup, uh, which sounds like a reasonable amount, but uh, historically, if you look back, uh, across the last number of years. Uh, the average markup's been about 345%. Uh, uh, so that kind of suggests that uh, while those uh, retail prices for beef have been climbing in the, in the wholesale market, the sale yard market, has been declining, um, we've still got a little bit yet to go before we uh, see the types of spreads we used to see from retail compared to sale yard uh, over the, uh, the last few years. Um, so what, look what it's saying, I guess, for, um, for for beef markets within Australia is that there is, with those retail prices being high, there is some room for sale yard prices to creep up a little bit if we get the right amount of rain in the right kind of areas uh, without it impacting uh, prices at the retail level and the consumer level. Turning to sheep and lamb markets, this week we had a look at the price bed between Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator and National Mutton Indicator and had a look to see whether the variation in the spread had any impact to the respective trade flows of mutton and lamb. Uh, through this time of the year, in winter, we often see the price spread uh, narrowing, so that the uh, Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator price coming closer to the mutton price, and indeed that's what we've seen over the last few months, so we're sitting at around a 30% premium for lamb over mutton at the moment. And that's historically that's around the levels we tend to see this time of year. Um, there have been times where it gets down to as low as uh, 20 to 25 percent spread, and uh, during the middle of the year and, and during the start and end of the year, we can see it up as high as a 50 to 55 percent premium of lamb over mutton. 
the interesting thing was when we look at trade flows on month on month, uh, we note that when the the spread is higher, so so lamb price is relatively higher to mutton prices, and when we get above that 55-60% level, uh, we do notice that the trade flows start to favour uh, mutton, so more mutton tends to go out um, comparatively. Uh, and uh, when the spread goes down towards that 20 to 25 percent level, uh, the uh, the trade flows favour uh, lamb. So there have been times historically, certainly over the 2010-2011 period, when the spread of lamb to mutton narrowed significantly and got below 20 percent, and that was you know partially due to um, the rebuilding of the flock at that stage because the weather was so so kind to produce this through that 2010-2011 period, really good rainfall and it encouraged a rebuild of the flock uh, and obviously then a holding on of, uh, of more sheep uh, and at that stage the price spread uh, of lamb to mutton dropped below 20% briefly and, and curiously at that time also we saw some fairly significant uh, increases in flows of, of lamb exports compared to mutton exports. So at that time, lamb exports were pretty much double uh, those of mutton in terms of um, volumes. And that's indeed what the, the correlation showed between the monthly spread and, and monthly trade flows is um, a correlation of nearly 0.6 R squared, which is a moderately strong correlation that just showed that there is a bit of a link between uh, that spread and uh, what happens uh, with regards to our offshore markets and, and favouring uh, one product over the other uh, for a period of time while that spread are at the extremes. I'll pass you across now. I think we've got Livia uh, to cover grains and, and then Rob will be covering wool before we uh, wrap up for the week. So um, here's Livia. Thanks very much, Matt. Now, the news in grains this week is that ABARES have come out with their official forecast for the Australian winter crop for the coming year. Now, with the winter crop mainly in the ground now, we should have a reasonable idea about the planted area, but the variation in production is really going to be driven by what turns out in the yield, which we're a long way to go yet. Um, so that what they've come out with is that wheat plantings have risen 8% this year and should be expected to be about 10.9 million hectares. Now, when we put this in perspective, from um, 2008 to 2013, wheat plantings were over mil 13 million hectares every year. So that's a, it's a big drop-off from those years, but uh, still obviously up from last year. Now, uh, barley and canola plantings are also up, but much smaller than wheat in the big years. So barley plantings are expected to increase by 12% on last year and canola 6%. So yield is a difficult one to predict at the best of times, but with the dry autumn and the forecast dry winter, ABARES have gone with the lower end of their estimates. Uh, the national wheat yields forecast to increase by 13% to 1.93 tonnes per hectare. Um, and a lot of that they've tipped to be coming out of uh, big increases in New South Wales, Victoria and SA. Um, now we've had Rob on the road this week scouting some crops through Victoria for us and he said they're looking pretty good out there. Um, a lot of confidence is dropping out of New South Wales and Queensland at the moment though so um, it'll be interesting to see how their forecast plays out in reality um, especially if we don't get any rain anytime soon over there. So ABARES are looking at a national wheat crop at a 23% increase on last year. 
which all in all that'll put the winter crop production as being better than expected but but not markedly better than last year if we do get some good rain in those new south wales queensland areas there's definitely upside in in the yield forecast but the fact that the planted areas are still re relatively low back at those 17 18 levels it will cap any sort of bumper crop that we might be getting in the year ahead now thanks very much i'll pass over to rob thanks olivia now um i'm going to talk a bit about the wool market um again it's not a great story this week we saw the market again give up ground I don't want to talk too much about what's happening in the immediate market, but just to keep it in perspective of how that all fits into the wider scheme. So since February, if we remember back to February of this year, the market peaked at about 2,100 cents. Now, since then, we've given up in Aussie dollar terms. The Eastern market indicator has given up 261 cents or 13%. And the US Eastern um, market indicator has given up 233 cents or 16%. Now, that's not a good, good result. It's quite a significant fall. One other thing we need to throw into the equation, though, is that over this period, compared to last year, we've, we've sold 15% or 84,000 less bales. Now, that's a, you know, a whole lot of negatives there at once. In fact, this week we only sold about 16,000 bales. And uh, when we had a look back, um, our, our figures go back to about 2015. We couldn't find a week where we sold less bales. And in fact, maybe this is the lowest rec on, on record for the numbers of bales cleared. Um, a couple of things. Uh, in February of, of 2018, so think back to last year, we had the market at a very similar level to where we are now. It was at 1730 cents. Um, what was different, though, was that the um, indicator in US dollar terms was at 1,400 cents. So the Aussie dollar falling has actually cushioned the buyer's price, and they're paying a lot less right now. But at, at that point in February of 2018, we were clearing 36 to 40,000 bales per week. Now, if you move to February of 2019, so this February just gone, the indicator was up around 2,000 cents. However, in US dollar terms, the price was pretty much the same. And that was, you know, caused by the Aussie dollar falling and giving us a cushion. Um, and in that time, again, we were selling 38 to 40,000 bales a week. Now, if you move to where we are right now, the indicators come back to, again, 1,760 cents. Uh, but in US dollar terms, it's back to 1,200 cents. So what we're seeing is that uh, the buyers, despite paying less, are buying less. And in fact, over these last four weeks, we've sold somewhere between 16 and 25,000 bales per week. So it's a significant fall. So back in um, February of 2018, when the market was at this level, the optimism was there. We were selling a lot of wool, and I can remember the feeling was that uh, this market is going to rise. In fact, there were some pretty big statements made that perhaps the only way the market could go was up, it couldn't go down. Uh, fast forward to where we are today, the market is at a similar level, but the outlook is significantly more pessimistic. Now, time will tell, of course. Um, we've now got a market that has got less wool coming onto it. There used to be a feeling that uh, if you reduce supply, uh, you'll push price up. And in a short term, that's probably correct. But in the longer term, markets need supply. And if we think of it from our customers' point of view, they 
to show um, confidence in the wool industry, they need to be able to be sure that they can source supply to keep their businesses running. As we've we've seen with uh, the um, significant demise in supply, and also the um, you know the outlook's not that great in terms of how quickly this market's going to get more wool on. Buyers have been sitting back, and they may have been sitting back firstly because the market was too dear, but um, they've now let their stocks run down. Um, the supply of wool's not great, and again, that's causing some concern for those buyers. So. I, again, I feel I'm the bearer of bad news for the wool market. Um, we've got to remember, though, that these prices aren't bad prices, and, of course, coupled with uh, the prices that um, wool producers are getting for their surplus sheep, things are pretty good. Um, but let's just wait and see. Let's see where we go with supply. If we can um, see an, uh, a steady increase in supply and the market recovering again, then maybe we are going to see these prices sustained, but there is a risk that that may not happen and the market goes the other way. So I'll leave it right there and uh, hand back to you, Matt. Thanks. Thanks very much, Rob and Olivia. Uh, so that's the market wrap for this week. If you enjoy this podcast, just make sure to mention it to your friends and like it on whatever streaming application you are listening on. Uh, have a good weekend and speak to you again next week.